Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. It's Wednesday, the 12th of July in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Coming up today, the Bank of England warns rate rises are now turning the screws on the UK economy as a new report suggests inflation could hit households until next May. And US inflation data out today is likely to be pivotal for Fed officials ahead of their next meeting. Plus, we hear about the high-end home buyers becoming increasingly nervous about London's prime property market. But let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The Bank of England says higher rates are squeezing the UK economy, but the financial system remains resilient. All of the biggest banks passed the latest stress test, and the Bank of England says it believes that they'll be able to support households and businesses, quote, even if economic conditions turn out to be much worse than we expect. Stephen Major, Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC, says the bank has little choice but to continue raising rates. The UK is a bit unique in the global economy, because you're not seeing this in the US. You've seen a complete disinflation pattern on the headline, at least. UK looks very different. Brexit effect, um, the huge fiscal stimulus of the during the COVID period, all of this is coming coming home to roost. Those comments from HSBC's Global Head of Fixed Income Research come as the Bank of England also warned that the UK faces financial stability risks from the withdrawal of foreign investors from the country's commercial property market. To get to that level, the Bank of England says rates would be needed, needed to be over 9%. Now, the average UK household will be £2,300 worse off by the time inflation eases in May next year. That's according to a report by Grant Thornton and Retail Economics, who say the financial squeeze will wipe £65 billion off household spending power. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, insists that getting inflation down remains his top priority. The UK is not alone in experiencing a rise in interest rates, very similar in America, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, for example. The crucial thing that we have to do is bring inflation down. That's how we're going to ease the burden on families. That's how we're going to stop the increase in interest rates. And that's why my first priority is to halve inflation. Now, of course, that is proving to be more persistent than people thought. 
Speaking to reporters at the NATO summit, Sunak also said that the fight against price rises trumps the needs for tax cuts. The comments echo those of Chancellor Jeremy Hunt over the weekend. However, the stance risks alienating members of his own political party who are unhappy that a Conservative government has taken the tax burden in Britain to a 70-year high. And NATO has moved forward with plans to enlarge its defence alliance during a meeting in the Lithuanian capital Vilnius. The group firmed up the prospects for Ukraine's future membership and secured a breakthrough deal with Sweden that will complete its expansion northwards. Speaking to Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo at the gathering, the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly made clear that he feels it's Moscow's actions that have forced NATO to take action. My message to Russia is remove your troops. Now, Russia is the aggressor. Russia sent its troops into Ukraine. Russian missiles are targeting civilian infrastructure, civilian centres. Russia has been the one that has escalated uh, throughout this. And you can listen to Maria Tadeo's full conversation with the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverley on the Bloomberg Talks podcast. All your best interviews in one place. Now, US inflation data out today is likely to be pivotal for Fed officials. The consensus estimate sees headline inflation falling sharply from 4 to 3.1%. Bloomberg Economics expects headline and core CPI to be subdued. Meanwhile, JP Morgan's analysts think that there's a good chance that it comes in cooler than expected. Their trading desk puts an 80% chance the print comes in below or in line with forecasts. A cool print could allow the FOMC to pause the hiking cycle after their July meeting. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission is understood to be plotting its next move after a judge ruled against the agency in its case to block the Microsoft Activision deal. Bloomberg's Dud Krisner has the details. We're told the FTC is leaning toward filing an appeal as soon as today. A federal judge found the FTC did not prove the deal would harm competition for gaming. But Robert Landy of the University of Baltimore Law School said the law only requires the agency to show a deal may substantially lessen competition, not that it will or is likely to. The judge extended an order blocking Microsoft from closing the deal until midnight Pacific time on Friday. The FTC would need to seek an emergency stay to extend. The question is whether the appeals court would rule before the deal's deadline on July 18th. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. That news comes as the UK Competition and Markets Authority says it's prepared to evaluate proposals from Microsoft after vetoing the deal in May. The CMA says it has now agreed to stay in the company's appeal before the Competition Appeal Tribunal. Now... Documents detailing how the biggest merger in golf history came together has attracted the scrutiny of U.S. lawmakers. The U.S. Senate has released documents from officials that show how Liv agreed to stop competing against the PGA in exchange for a say in governance and a share in future media rights. Senator Richard Blumenthal, the panel's chairman, though, says that transparency is vital. Americans very simply deserve to know what this agreement means for the future of golf as well as for the future of the Saudi Arabian government's investment in sports and other autocratic regimes that may choose to do the same. The deal that the PGA made with Live Golf and the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund includes a broad non-disparagement clause that Blumenthal argues could prevent criticism of Saudi Arabia. And finally, London's property market slump is starting to weigh on even the richest buyers. James Wilcock has more. 
Rather than sell a house for less, many owners are opting not to sell at all. Property researcher Lonrez says transactions are down 20% compared to this time last year, with homes worth more than £5 million being worst hit. It's not just volume. Deals are taking longer to happen and are more likely to fall through. Foreign buyers are also holding back as they look ahead to a general election and potential rule changes by any new government. In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Right, those are a few of our top stories for you uh, this morning. On a slightly lighter note, have you booked your weekend ticket then for Barbenheimer? Mm, well, you put it well because I don't think I could choose between Oppenheimer or Barbie, the bomb or the bombshell, as our Sarah Rappaport put it in her excellent piece about these two movies this morning. I must say, Caroline, let me admit, when I woke up at 3am this morning, <laughs> do you know the first thing I did? What? I watched the trailer for Barbie. Did you? Nothing like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling to start your day. You no, know, absolutely. I just wonder whether you also want the tale of the atomic bomb and the creation thereof uh, to go with the Barbie story. But look, it's a real thing. It's not just on the internet. Apparently it is a double bill at, at uh, cinemas. Anyway, look, that's just a bit of fun. Let's also dive into the more serious, shall we? Uh, the Bank of England publishing the results of its stress test for banks, along with the Financial Policy Committee's review uh, on the stability of the UK financial system in the face of rising interest rates. Lots of the top lines are out and the key message does seem to be that higher rates are beginning to squeeze the economy. Joining us now, Bloomberg's EMEA finance editor, Tom Metcalf. Great to have you in studio. I know you're, you're chuckling away uh, at our cinema jokes. Tom, what is the big takeaway then from the Bank of England? I mean, this is surely what they want, isn't it? Rising interest rates are meant to cool the economy. Yes, yeah, so I'm struggling to think how I can follow Barbie. But yes, absolutely. It was pretty good news all around. Definitely a clean bill of health. And I was just going through the results where they don't really go into specific banks. But what they do say is how much they cleared each sort of hurdle capital ratio by. And, you know, they're all pretty clear, even the sort of the low point. I think the closest a bank came was 1.7 uh, percentage points. And, and nationwide, the Building Society, uh, I think, had a clearance rate of 13 percentage points. You know, a very conservative institution, that. But... I think, you know, and then you see the rush of all the reports out from the banks, all noting they all passed, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I took a look at the share prices just before I came on, and they all were all like mildly up. This has largely been priced in by the market, um, but certainly uh, it's much better news than, you know, sort of seeing, you know, those bank shares drop or something. So that's stress at the bank level, but at an individual level, looks like there's more pain ahead. The bank's saying that the average mortgage holder is to pay about £3,000 a year more because of these higher interest rates. That's even higher than the Resolution Foundation was estimating. Yeah, no, exactly. So the, as you were just saying, on the housing market, it's all kind of freezing up. There's going to be a lot of individuals in pay. And, and that was the other thing to come out of the report mm. is what's really going to drive these capital ratio falls if in this scenario would be big impairments. So I think they calculated something like £125 billion the eight banks being tested would potentially you know, sort of have to absorb up to, I think it was 2030. So that's a huge, huge amount. But it does just go to show that the fact they didn't fail the stress test shows how resilient, how much kind of over the years they built up those capital reserves. But absolutely, on an individual basis, it's very, very painful. And, you know, the accompanying financial 
Stability Report does paint uh, you know, a pretty gloomy picture for the UK economy. Yeah, I'm just looking at the bank stocks this morning. Actually, broadly across the US stock 600, um, the sector is up by half of 1%. You've got gains for Virgin Money, for Barclays, for Lloyd's Banking Group uh, this morning. So actually, they seem to be uh, leading the pack, at least for now. Um, just though the other risk around foreign investors into the UK, I thought that was quite interesting from the Bank of England. Yeah, you know, and that's the great thing about this report. It sort of pulls in all sorts of different elements. Yeah. And, you know, that was something new for them. I think they also, again, hammered home on market-based finance, which, you know, basically that is hedge funds. Yeah. Um, and, and so, again, saying, look, that is another risk. And we are, I think there was a line in that we're looking at doing more with other regulators on that. So, you know, it's a line that's been out there. But the fact they keep on coming back to it uh, is certainly something we're going to be looking into. All right. Thanks for taking us through the key takeaways of that report. That's Bloomberg's EMEA finance editor, Tom Metcalf. Up next, Jeremy Hunt orders cuts to fund public sector pay rises and Elon Musk's shock plan to enter the UK energy market. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Joining us this morning, Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans. The Financial Times, Leanne, has Jeremy Hunt orders ministers to find £2 billion of savings for public sector pay rises. Do we actually know how much the government is going to increase pay by? 
Well, we don't know yet, Caroline, but remember the government is proposing a 3.5% pay rise for public sector workers, but the independent pay review bodies are recommending public sector awards of around 6% for 2023 and 2024. That's the figures we know at the moment. And this is why the Chancellor is asking ministers to find billions of pounds of savings to fund public sector pay rises, basically to plug the gap that we are seeing emerge. And Hunt has made it clear that he will not borrow any more money to fund pay rises for police officers, teachers, nurses and other public sector pay um, for other public sector workers. But Caroline, mm. Rishi, Hunt, Rishi Sunak, I don't want to call him Rishi Hunt, I made up a whole new name there. But um, Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak are expected to agree on a strategy. The reality is we don't know when, but we do know that they're getting together on Thursday when yeah. the Prime Minister is back in the country. Yeah. And they're going to weigh if a 6% pay rise is re- reasonable at the, the moment this with is high the real, inflation. Yeah, this is the real question. Are they going to sweep aside the independent pay review bodies and say, look, times are too tough and we can't possibly pay this to I, nurses and teachers. That's surely... And they've I, hidden behind the pay bodies' uh, evaluations previously when they haven't wanted yeah, to get paid. Yeah, I, I quote prizes. the independence of those pay review bodies and that they are central to the decision-making. Yeah, I But think, I also yeah. think maybe they would be scared to go against it in many ways, yeah. as the Financial Times does highlight, yeah. that this could heighten even you know, things further. We've seen public sector workers' tensions so high, a lot of them going on strike. We've had a wave of industrial action here in the UK. But indeed, the number of working days lost to strike action actually down in the latest data, so an encouraging sign for the Chancellor. Meanwhile, The Guardian says financial firms must boost protections against AI scams. That's according to the UK regulator, or that it's going to warn later on today. Yeah, exactly. So, Nicole Rathi He is the head of the Financial Conduct Authority and he's going to be giving a speech today right here in London and he's going to warn bosses on the positives and negatives of rapidly advancing technology. And he's basically going to say the finance sector need to be accountable for decisions taken by AI at their firms. So that's something he'll be focusing on. He'll also talk about the risks of cyber fraud, cyber attacks, identity fraud, all increasing in scale and sophistication as AI just becomes more and more widespread. Today's speech by Rathi will outline the benefits for the financial sector in improving financial models, but will also warn that the tech will increase risks for financial firms in particular. So a warning about AI. We do know Rishi yeah. Sunak hoping to make the UK Centre for Regulation of AI. But there we are, a warning on both sides about the rapidly advancing tech. Yeah. Then this last story in The Telegraph headline, Elon Musk's Tesla poised to launch British household electricity supplier. Hmm. Yeah, I know, Caroline. But let me get into the details. So Elon Musk is about to gate crash Britain's energy market by selling electricity 
electricity to households. But this has all been revealed in a job listing. I think this is pretty nifty journalism by The Telegraph, to be honest. So the job listing says Tesla is making plans to register as an electricity provider with the industry regulator and launch a retail electricity product here in the UK. Now, the service, according to the newspaper, will be available to owners of the company's Powerwall home battery Mm. and Tesla will sell electricity to households and buy back stored energy at a time of peak demands. Of course, all relates to the fact that he's got electric cars. They're becoming more and more common to see on the road. So we need more and more power points. But this is not um, the first time Tesla's flirted with our energy market. So they were actually involved with Octopus Energy back in 2020. So let's see how this one goes. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.